until 8 and Saturday still 7. Call him today at 303-298-1155. Tell him you heard about it here at KUHSDenver.com. Also visit us at www.magicfinancing.com. In your face, all over the place. We're online. And good afternoon and welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello. Hey, we've got another fantastic show lined up for you today. <laughs> uh, thank you, folks, for being here. I just want to say a quick shout out to Magic Financing. Magic Financing, uh, if you want to buy a used car, you want to get a car, you got to go down to Mago the Magician. Go down to see Maurizio. Uh, they're, out, they're there. They're going to help you to buy your car. And uh, you know, help, if you're having trouble with financing, these guys will take care of you. So. Check out magicfinancing.com, and they will help you. Tell them that Charlie Pacello sent you. Um, Also, I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, you take a a look at uh, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. This is... uh, this is the book, my first book that I wrote. Uh, yeah. Exciting. Yeah, it's it's exciting, cool yeah. Stuff. Uh, and I just recently, I mean, it's all about uh, getting in touch with uh, some of these deeper truths. Uh, we live in such hectic lives that we're not having any time to be able to really tap into some of those deeper parts of ourselves because we're just being pulled in so many different directions. And this is one of those books that can really help you to be able to, you know, understand your own soul. I kind of consider it a self-help book for the soul. And you're going to look, talk, meet six different masters, you know, Socrates, Lao Tzu, Ezekiel, um, the Buddha, and others in this book. And all of it is to help you to get a deeper understanding of some of the, the deeper mysteries of life from all these different traditions. And so check it out, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. It is, you can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it at storebookbaby.com, also Barnes & Noble, so many different places. It's a great, great holiday gift, Christmas gift. Uh, would recommend it uh, for, for many people. So check it out, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. Um, today we have, you know, my gosh, money. Money is such a big issue. It is one of the biggest issues we have in life. It allows us to do things. It allows us to uh, buy, you know, different things that we might want to have to go on vacations, to travel, to buy gifts for our, our family and friends over the holidays. And it can be such a troubling thing to be able to understand how do we manage our money? How do we navigate through that? Uh, and do I have a, a block that keeps me from being able to to, to, to garner any kind of wealth or abundance in my life that it makes me feel like my life is sustainable. And if I'm constantly living paycheck to paycheck, how can I ever break free from that sense of that grind and that emergency mode and, and having to live and figure out how to get that next paycheck, how to pay that next bill? And, you know, this has been something that has uh, I've had trouble with uh, is being able to manifest money in my life in such a sustainable way that I felt like, wow, I can relax. I can really, I can get, I can feel this sense of independence because I think that's what we want. We all want a sense of financial independence. It's not necessarily about being a mega wealthy human being. I mean, that'd be nice, but that's not, I think it's about being free to live the life that you want to live. 
and and how can we do that how can we get heal that relationship with money that allows us to embody that sense of freedom that gives us ownership of our lives mm -hmm. well my guest today is an expert in it <laughs> her name is dr elisa robin she has a phd in educational psychology and two master's degrees, one in geology and one in Jewish mysticism. She recently transitioned from a 20-year career as an academic dean. And prior to that, she had a corporate career as an exploration geologist. Wow. In addition, she has trained as an astrologer and has studied with shamans and Kabbalist. 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 <laughs> uh, her website is www.elisarobin.com. That's E-L-I-S-A-R-O-B-Y-N.com. Well, welcome to the show, I Elisa. I am so glad to be here. This is great. Oh, God. <laughs> what was it? What's an exploration geologist? I mean, what... So, you know, you got to find oil. And so usually we divide the teams into development. So there's a field where you know there's oil and or gas, and you're developing the field. And then there's also, how do I find a new field? So I was an exploration geologist looking for new fields. Often what that means is you will go out on a rig and um, while they're drilling, mm -hmm. and then oversee the equipment and the process. And when they pull out the rocks from, you know, fairly deep down, you evaluate whether there's oil or gas there. Well, uh, it's uh, that's pretty cool stuff. And we had uh, we're just having a little technical issue here, so one of our cameras is not working. Sometimes this happens when you got so many different cameras and so many different things happening all at once, and trying to integrate it all the time. So. It's um, exciting to even look at, like, how much is going on in the room right now. This is great. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's room? amazing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. amazing. So, like, so, so many different, like, cameras and, te and the technology. Right. The and yeah. out and it's amazing. It is. And so, um, but anyway, could you just explain a little bit to the audience as I fix this over here? Okay. <laughs> what, uh, what, was your, what was your journey to becoming sure. a wealth relational it's psychologist? So, it's a great question. Um, when I left geology, there was a downturn, and I was laid off from geology, and I had to make a living, and I decided to go back to school and get a degree in something I had no prereqs in, uh, no, right, no background in, but I had always loved psychology. So I got into a PhD program in educational psychology and studied how people make decisions and how they learn and how our brain learns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Through that time, I went through all of my savings. I I um, built up student debt because I had student loan. Yeah. I built up credit card debt. I came out the other side, and Denver was still in a recession. So I had mm -hmm. a PhD, but there were no jobs. And I was just putting whatever I could together. I was a professional astrologer. I would bartend. I would teach an adjunct class. And I remember there was a day I went outside and thought, I, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm going to change it because mm -hmm. I cannot keep living like this with the stress that you just yeah. talked about. And it was, I mean, I just remember that moment, looking up at the sky and saying, I, whatever it takes, I'm changing this. Yeah. And 
that started my own deep journey about relationship with money, and that changed what I did with money, the actions mm -hmm. around money, my thoughts about what I would be willing to do and not do, and how I would invest my energy, because money is energy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's absolutely a spiritual component to energy, there's also a practical component. Mm -hmm. There's things we have to do, right? I can, I can dream about going on a great vacation, but until I book tickets, it's not happening, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's true. Right? right. So there's an action right. piece in there too, and that was my own journey. Mm -hmm. uh, my first big job was uh, a chair, and then a dean, and then an academic dean, dean of arts and sciences, yeah. and then a dean at another university, and. Cha completely changed my financial picture. Wow. Completely. And then it was interesting because I knew I was done with my career because I reached the goal that yeah. I had set. And all of a sudden I was no longer happy with my job. And when I checked in, I remembered this was, I hit my goal. Wow. Do you think it's important to set those kinds of goals? I mean, when we're, when we're looking at trying to make financial gains in our life or, or changing that kind of uh, right. relationship with our sense of, of what money is, is it important to set goals and maybe go, maybe not like, you know, I want to buy, you know, a house over here and a yacht right, over here, but right. just something manageable so that you can gain some confidence mm -hmm. of being able to meet those little goals so that you can take a bigger leap on, on a, Absolutely. I yeah. mean, there's, I think there's little goals that, that help, but I think the biggest piece is what is it do you really want in your life? Mm -hmm. In the end, we don't want that particular house on that particular hill. Right. Right. What I want is comfort, and I want to be warm and safe and dry, and I want my friends to come visit me and feel comfortable here, and that's what I want. Yeah. That's what I'm aiming for. So it's sort of the feeling of it. Yeah. Then, yeah, what do I have to do to get there? And that's an action. That's a, that might be a numbers piece. That might be a, actually, how do I deal with money? Mm -hmm. um, mine was I was going to get to financial stability. That's where I was going to get. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, and, 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 and being a, a fellow student and getting a master's degree and, uh, you know, you, you, you incur a lot of debt. Incur debt, you absolutely. Incur, my gosh. And if uh, there's no jobs available or, there, or if you've right. gone, like I, for me, I went outside of the, the traditional norm because I wanted right. to develop something new and a different right, modality yeah. and, and something original in that way. And then you come out and you're like, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? Where do I, how, how do I, how do I? <laughs> I spent all this money for this thing yeah. that isn't even physical. Right, it's not what, physical. What, do, what do I do with this? How right. do I do that? And, and the world has changed while you're getting that degree. Yeah. And, and now what, what I thought I would do isn't, I can't do that anymore. What right. do I do? Right. Right. And so I think that's that the, the need to be fluid with it, to be, we talk about resiliency in almost everything in the world. Resiliency is being fluid, being creative, understanding that life changes, understanding that we are so capable mm -hmm. if we just give ourselves permission to be capable. I think the where I see people get truly hung up with money is they have a picture in their head of who they're supposed to be, mm -hmm. who they've been, and, and, and then there's a wall, like a glass ceiling. Right? Yeah. 
I can't, I can't get to the other side of that. So there are these assumptions that block us mm-hmm. and assumptions about what, how I can get there and what that has to look like. There's so much emotional baggage around the energy of money. It's hysterical, right? Like chocolate is, is like a whole other – you can say you love chocolate. <laughs> right. Cool. You love pizza? Great. I love chocolate. Yeah. I love skiing. Yeah. Great. You love money? Oh, there's a pro- you have a problem. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. Isn't it? I mean, and, and it's true. We have this sense of like this resistance that we can't love money. That if, right. we, if we love money, we must be greedy and we must right. be this miser and this, you know, right. to someone who wants to do, you know, malicious things or malevolent things mm-hmm. with it. And we're, we're just thinking all about, we're all this the self-interest, right? It's all right. about, and so we have this really negative connotation with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how do we switch that? I mean, when you're talking about... I mean, what do you mean when you talk about we, uh, having a relationship with money? Right. So, I mean, it's really kind of funny. Um, it, you know, if you've ever gone to a foreign country and gotten somebody else's money, uh-huh. right, in your hand, their coins look like money, but their paper just looks like really cool paper. It doesn't <laughs> look like money, right? It isn't that we love money. We love what money can do. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start to see that change, right, that I want to take my kids on a trip. That. That's what money can do, mm-hmm. I, right? I, I personally, I, my next big goal is I'd like to be a major donor. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to jump to another level financially because I would love to be a major donor. I would love to give money away. <laughs> so that, that's where when we talk about love of money, we're really talking about what can I do with it. Right. Relationship, we're talking about money goes where it's loved, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, I was talking to somebody the other day about – having a date with their money and like do you balance your checkbook do you do you look occasionally and see what's in the bank can you imagine treating a friend like this where you you automatically had car christmas cards and birthday cards sent to them mm-hmm. and you never checked in you know once a year you went to look you right they would not be your friend uh, no but that's how we <laughs> many people treat money they've got right. all the automatic payments they don't balance their checking account they don't know what's in their savings account they have an overdraft protection. They're not sure what's in that. They, I mean, like, they have no knowledge of their money. Right. You have to have a relationship with money. And Well, that makes sense, too, because if you don't have a healthy relationship, if you're not dialoguing, if you're That's not right. in contact, if you're not, uh, you know, keeping track and, you know, That's investing right. some time into your relationship, That's right. you're not going to have a relationship. For That's right. Long. You're not going to – nobody's going to want to be with you. It's just <laughs> not – right? It's just how it works. Right. Well, money's just another form of energy like that. Wow. Right? You have to invest in – and I don't mean invest, take your money and put it here. You have to invest time in – what is money about? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we are so embarrassed by money. People would rather talk about their sex lives than talk about money. Mm-hmm. So we're embarrassed. And somehow we feel like it's difficult, mm-hmm. that, that we, we aren't good with money, like, yeah. right? That, because it's numbers. Well, I think money, too, is something, and, and maybe this will help some people out there who are tuning in, that it's, money will only be a reflection of who you are. Because if you're mm-hmm. a giving person, that's right. you're going to be more giving. That's you're right. going to have a lot more that's to right. be able to, you know, if, you are, if you're generosity, if you have a generous spirit, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to, to do things with it and, and have big, you know, mm-hmm. you know uh, do donations that you that's might right. give to an organization that you like. Or if you want to have a party and you love being the, 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 a socialite, you're going to be able to do that and, and have right. a beautiful, uh, you know, 
the party and all those things. Because I think it's those choices we make about money. Money can be dangerous for people, I mean, mm -hmm. I have to say, because sometimes we, be, we believe we're a better person. We're using it as a measure, mm -hmm. right, as opposed to an energy. So I'm better because I have more. Mm -hmm. That's where things become dangerous. And we get mm -hmm. trapped in that. Mm -hmm. And I think we see that in the media, right? You're better if you have a newer, better car. You're better if you have a newer, better house. Um, I was talking to a client the other day, and she asked if she should get a new car. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how's the other one working? She said, great. I'm like, okay, the value of a car is it gets you safely from A to B. Right. That's it. Right. If, is it doing that? Well, yeah. Then I don't think you need a new car. Right? Well, my job, you will not be better at your job if you have a prettier car. <laughs> right? right? So sure it's, I think it's when we, yeah. we, we misconnect mm -hmm. the, those ideas that that's when money becomes a little bit dangerous. I agree because you know if if it's only about you you know if you feel like you're better I mean that and that goes into that sense of oh you know I'm special mm -hmm. I'm entitled mm -hmm. I have all of this I, I must be you know something's mm -hmm. really extraordinary about me because I have all of this money and you right. don't and it it it, it uh, somehow it, it feeds into that sense of power absolutely absolutely and I have power over you in That's some right. way. And the That's more right. I accumulate it, it becomes an exchange of power. That's right. And then am I, you know, and so it's really not feeding into what money is really about. Is It's an exchange. Right. It's an exchange right. of And it's energy. supposed to keep flowing. Right. Right. So right. that hoarding it doesn't do you any good. <laughs> right. Like right. how many mil? I, I've had a couple clients, multimillionaires. Mm -hmm. And they were miserable because they spent their time worrying about their money going away. Mm -hmm. Like, what good is it doing you? Right? I mean, really, what? <laughs> I, mean, I understand. Like, would you notice if it wasn't there? It's in these other accounts. Your life wouldn't change if it wasn't there. Right. So it's so money is a, I think, is a reflection of who we feel ourselves to be, how we live spiritually, how we are emotionally, what we believe from our past. Our it's a reflection. What we do with money is a reflection of all of that. Mm. And we have choice. We can change that. Well, if we're uh, talking about that, you know, how choice is, can be such an, uh, an important aspect of being able to create money and to uh, create abundance. And, you know, intellectually, we get this. Yeah, we, we get it. We and we're talking yeah. about it and get it. But money, it's so hard to get it from our head into our heart and into our body. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, how much... How much of our, let's look at it from this perspective first. How do we, how much of our outside influences, our environment, impacts our ability to mm -hmm. create money? I mean, mm -hmm. does it impact it? Does society's economic structure impact the way we feel right. we can make money or not? I think it even starts before that. Mm. Um, quick example, we know that um, boys and girls are equal in math skills until about seventh grade mm. when the girls are to told that girls aren't good at math, and the boys move ahead, okay? So we know that humans respond to expectations. Mm -hmm. there, are, there is so much research out there about you're taking a test, a standardized test, and somebody reminds you that you come from a socioeconomic group that doesn't do well on tests. Mm. To being told that changes your results, how you do on the test. So, wow. yeah, humans are very, very susceptible to 
the media, to what we hear, to cultural messages, to personal messages. Mm -hmm. So if you're told you're never going to amount to something, right, there's got to be something in you that fights against that to change it. If you come from a culture where this is the best we ever do, and this is fine, I mean, that might be true, but you have to fight against that. Mm. And then we have media messages that are all about money and all about luxury and all about buying, especially this time of year, right? And all <laughs> about that the way you show you love someone is you buy them something expensive mm -hmm. as opposed to spending time with them. Right. So, yeah, I think we're susceptible to all of those messages from, from our past, our family, our culture, our society, um, based on, on, on gender and background. I mean, every, every way you could think of a demographic, yeah. a demographic probably has a message about money. Well, if, it's, uh, if, if, if there are so many barriers, people would be resistant. I mean, almost like it's like, uh, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to overcome right. all of these right. things. And then you hear a report. There was a, last week I read this mm -hmm. report. No, it was on CBS News. And they were reporting a study uh, done by the Brookings Institute, uh, which is they try to be nonpartisan mm -hmm. and, and, and mm -hmm. neutral, uh, which stated, and this was uh, last week, that America's unemployment rate is at a half-century low, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. It's great. And it also has a job quality problem. Right. That affects almost half the population. Right. Between the ages of 18 to 64 are employed in low-wage jobs that pay median annual wages of $18,000 a year. That's not even up to poverty level. That's I mean, not even up to poverty level. That right. Forty-four percent. Yes. That are living. How can people be able to even think about trying to create abundance Absolutely. in their life when Absolutely. they're just like, oh my gosh, I, I, I've got to, I got to pay these bills. How am I going to pay the car payments? How am I going to pay the, the rent? Absolutely. And it's like you're being on. You know, it's like you're on a hamster wheel. That's you right. You just keep spinning, spinning, and spinning. So, I, I mean, I'm sure there are. are you know, thousands of people who are listening right now who are struggling with this. How can they bridge this gap when they, when this is the reality? This is a reality, absolutely. It's you know that so many forty four percent of Americans are facing to struggle to bridge that gap to financial independence that we're right. talking about. What could you say to these people to give them some hope that their that their life can change, that their circumstances right. can change? Right. What could they start doing today? I mean, the first thing that I that I because I've had clients like this is let's just start with creating a sense of calm at some point somewhere in your life. Um, my mantra for many people when they crawl in bed is I'm warm and safe and dry. Mm. Right this morning, right this moment, I'm warm and safe and dry. That's good. It's mm -hmm. a good place to start. Um, many people need financial management advice, the true money piece. What are you bringing in? What are you spending? Where else do you have do you have a side hustle? Do you have another way of bringing in money? Mm -hmm. What's your true financial picture? And it's so embarrassing for people, but you've got to get that. You've got to know what are you really bringing in? What are the other assets you have? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let the, I mean, now we have reality. We don't have emotion. We have fact. Right? You know, an emotion is I spent too much at the grocery store. A fact is I spent this much on fruit and this much on vegetables and this much on bread. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. So we get down to facts to begin with. And then the next piece is what, what can we do? Because we've got to get you out of that. You've got to make more money. Mm -hmm. right? We've got to do something. How do we do that? What is actually out there that you have not tapped into? 
be amazed at the ways that people can improve their life via a different job if they will let go of, I'm not smart enough, I'm not talented enough, I, I have no way to do that. And then things they just don't know. Mm-hmm. I was reading something similar that um, there are industries right now that are just crying out for people. And somebody told me the other day that some of these industries are saying we're going to get rid of the requirement of a bachelor's degree because it's a false measure. Hmm. Show up, we'll train you. All right, let's see, where can we go where you can show up? You may not love that job, but it's a bridge. Right. Let's get you on a bridge. If we could double your income, decrease your worry, have you learn some skills, you might have opportunities you never even dreamed of slow but it's a process wow i love that you know and, and because you're trying sometimes so often we're we're trying to take too much all at once right absolutely and, and we think we're you know I'm, I'm, it's like we have um uh gosh like we're trying to start strike gold you know right. we're, we're panhandling we're, we, we keep hoping you know we're going to get that right right <laughs> i'll buy five more lotto and, tickets and maybe that'll solve my problem right if i just right? keep gambling if i keep right. doing something right. and keep taking this and so we probably want to be able to balance risk, maybe those things that we, right. but with something much more, right? you know. And we've got to get rid of the embarrassment. I mean, yeah. yes, there are people who are born wealthy. It's an accident of birth. Right. Okay? They're, not, they're not better than you. Um, we pick different pathways. I picked a pathway of higher ed. But, you know, I went through all my savings. I had debt. I was incredibly embarrassed. I was thinking today, I was remembering back how I couldn't open a checking account because my credit rating had dropped so far. Mm-hmm. And I had so I had no income except all these odd jobs. And the bank would not give me a, um, a checking account. They wouldn't? No. That, wow. That's where I was. So when, wow. I, when I talk to people about, I get it, I know where you are, yeah. I was there. Right? There is a way out. Well, that's, that's the good out. news. That's the good news. <laughs> that's the good right? news. There's a right. way There's out. There's a way out. There's always a way out. And, you know, my dad, he used to, uh, he's, he, he watches the show all the time. Um, but he used to tell me, you know, to respect money. Respect but you've got to respect money. Son, if you, don't, it will, if you don't respect it, it won't respect you. That's right. And you won't be able to hold on to it. That's right. And I didn't think, well, you know, I'm really young kid and still I have to respect this piece of paper this piece it doesn't of make paper any sense, doesn't make sense. It's, just <laughs> right? a piece of paper. it's just a piece of paper right and uh, you know he would he would ask me the, like a question you know do you know what you have in your wallet right now mm-hmm. and of course I'd say no you know mm-hmm. I just have what is in my wallet and uh, he says well you, but you've got to know what's in this I just you know what's in your wallet absolutely it's just a way of showing respect to it and absolutely if you, and if you want to keep it you need to respect it Right, absolutely. How important is that? Do you believe we need to respect our money? Either respect it, like it, I mean, something. Have a relationship with it. So for me, it might be how much is in your checking account, how much is in your savings account, how much, um, what debt is on your credit card, how are you treating that, how are you, are you hiding from it? Yeah. Many people hide from money. <laughs> I don't have. To, if I don't think about the debt, right? It's not. It's, it's not, not there. I know. And and so, if you notice, money goes where money is liked. Yeah. Right. It's that when as soon as I have people simply start changing how they treat their money, mm-hmm. have a date with your money, check in on your money, balance your checking account, all of a sudden there are changes mm-hmm. in what they have. 
partly, maybe they're not overspending. Maybe they're making different choices. So for example, I'm not criticizing anybody's choices, but let's say you are um, every day on the way to work, you stop and buy coffee, and every day on the way home, you've had a really hard day. Mm -hmm. You buy coffee and something to munch up. You could end up spending 50 to $70 a week. If wow. you think about it, think about coffee, think yeah. about you know, a croissant, think about, think about, just think about what we spend during the week. Yeah. Right? What, once you notice what you're spending, you might say, you know what, I'm only going to spend, I'm not going to totally give it up. I'm going to spend $20 a week right. on that. I'm going to put the rest in savings. Right. Ski season comes around, and you know what, I have money to go skiing that I wanted to, to do. Or I'm going to put it towards my credit card. Just weekly putting that money towards your credit card will pay down your debt. That makes sense, and right? you know, and, and when you're talking, <laughs> when you're talking about coffee, right? I, mm -hmm. I love having my coffee. And I that's love my, having my coffee. I know. <laughs> that's just one of my rituals in the morning, or when I do it, I, I love it. And so, but I, and I know that if I just cut back on it just a little bit. I wouldn't be spending as much money uh, that I do because it's mm -hmm. an indulgence. It really is an indulgence. Right. And so I've shifted my yeah. coffee to home coffee. Mm. That I make this pot at home. I buy good coffee, which is still less, right? But good coffee. And I make coffee and I uh, have that first cup in the morning, right? And even if I'm driving. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't buy it. I, and I'm not criticizing. They're, they're, I think a large part about money is what is it I'm really trying to get? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what we're usually trying to get is comfort, love, connectedness, all those things that have nothing to do with what we think money is about. But that's what we want. Yeah. Those are the human, human drives to belong. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Warm yeah, and yeah. safe and dry and loved and cared for and belonging and meaning and purpose. That's what I want. Okay, now that we're clear on that, yeah. how are you using your money to get you there? Because many of us aren't. <laughs> no, that's true. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And you know, I think it was um, Warren Buffett. I think he was one of the. Uh, he, he, he's great. He's great. He's and great. He, he drives an older car. He yeah. lives in the house that he bought. I don't know how long ago, <laughs> right? He gives his money away. He yeah. he said, "Invest in things you understand." Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think that's so if, simple if and it, so I brilliant. know. If it's confusing, don't put your money there. Just don't <laughs> no, do it. Don't, don't do, do it, it, right? Or learn about right, it. Right. Right? I mean, scammers actually rely on that. It sounds too good to be true. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand it. You're trusting because you don't want to admit you don't understand it. Scammers rely on that. I think that's a great, oh, you know, you, you hit on something. There's so many scammers out there. Oh, my gosh. There's and, and so, so many scammers. And they're always... What are some of the clues that people can notice so that, yeah, they, they want to, uh, we're talking about mm -hmm. money here, but there's people that are out there that are just, they, they're, they're, they prey upon people's they insecurities, That's they right. prey upon their naivety, mm -hmm. they prey upon their gullibility, and they, you know, these con men and women, mm -hmm. they, they can sense it, they smell it, mm -hmm. and you can get caught up, I've been, I can... Got very caught smart, up in a lot of scams. So. Very smart people get caught up in scams. Yes, it's not a, it's, yeah. an indication of of lack of intelligence in any way, shape, or form. Scammers are really good. Yeah, they're, they're really, really good. good. They're really good. Right, and they've gotten better. Yeah. So it looks real. It comes across the computer screen. Maybe you get a phone call. It looks and sounds real. You don't quite understand it, so don't 
if you don't understand it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And they'll push you. They'll push they'll you. They'll push you. They'll like, it's like they want to get you if right If something yeah. is legit yeah. and you say, I need time to think, they let you leave and time to think. That's great. I think that's a big one right That's there. a big one. Yeah. And then go research. Yeah. If they promise you something that really does, the, I, I beat the market all the time. Nobody beats the market all the time. I'm sorry, nobody does. If they can't give you a, a reason why this fits in with your long-term plans, mm-hmm. if you didn't go to them, if they came to you, that's I mean, that's number one. Somebody calls you up and pitches you something, it's probably a scam. Huh. Wow. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, when it comes to money, I go to people to talk about money. Yeah. They don't. If they show up on my computer screen, I just delete them. That's beautiful. I, I love that. Yeah, because I, I mean, there's, there's, that's a great thing. If you're, if you're looking for financial advice, you're going to talk to people, right. and, and and you're seeking their advice and looking at that's that. That's right. And they're not going to try to put you into something that, uh, you know, that they need you to make an, a, an immediate decision on. Right. That's what I always get, and, right. and it's like you got to do this right now. This is an because opportunity of a lifetime. Out. You're going to miss out. There's only a few right. people left. There's only a few weeks left, and if you don't jump on this, you're you're going to miss out on your your boats right. coming in. All that other right. nonsense. Right. Right. And right. so humans fear loss more than anything else. Yeah. That's our number one fear. Um, it, once I own it, I'm afraid of losing it. Afraid of losing out. Yeah. That's our number one fear. Which it just it's just bred into us, right? So if somebody says you're going to lose, wow, then I have to do something, right? right. Um, I mean, this is funny. This is actually a true story. There was, a, they were trying, um, people were, the government was trying to get people to get more flu shots. It was actually doctors. It wasn't the government. And they said, you know what? I think if we tell people that we don't have as many flu shots available, they may go get them, and you will. Wow. Because you're afraid of missing out. Right. Stores do it all the time. Yeah, we do, only have these. You can only have these. I mean, <laughs> we are very susceptible to it. Wow. There, I, I, I knew a woman who, for a while, was the, um, I don't know what you'd call her, the head of a prison. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it was an executive director or whatever her title was. And she said, in a moment of chaos, I stop. I stop. Mm-hmm. And I take deep breaths, and she goes, I give myself 30 seconds to 60 seconds to center, and then I go. Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing in my life is as critical as a prison riot. I, I can take time and think this through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to money, we absolutely need to not respond to that fear. Yeah. But say, I, I'm smart. I'll, I'll figure this out. I'll think this through. I think that's great because I think sometimes we all have a little bit of a gambler in us. Yeah, I think you know? we do. I think there's just that <laughs> little bit. Just of, yeah. a little bit. We like <laughs> a little bit of risk. Like you know? and, and, so it, it, and if you feed that, that it's almost like an addiction and you're always that's chasing right. after that's it. Right. And then you get just a little, you get a little winnings and you feel good and then that's you right. got to do it again and do it again. But right. what is it going to cost you? That's right. What is it going to cost you in the long run? Right. And, and what are you getting out of the out of the risk, yeah. right? I mean, some people enjoy enjoy that. I, I I mean, there's things I enjoy and there's things I don't enjoy. Yeah. So I'm willing to spend money to fill myself with a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And some people need bigger risks to do that. <laughs> they sure do. Now, I think um, a lot of people, you know, so much through, of our ideas about money come from what we were taught in our homes, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that 
you know, my home was money was never made into an evil in my in my parents' mm -hmm. home. I was I was lucky in that way. Uh, we were always felt like money was you know was always around. Mm -hmm. We always had enough. Mm -hmm. It helped you to do things and enhance and augment your life. So it wasn't made into an evil. Right. Um, but I know m most people or many people have that idea of this negative relationship with money. Right. Yeah. Um, hearing things like money doesn't grow on trees and uh, money's the root of all evil. Right. How much, Elisa, do our beliefs around the theme of, of money stem back to our childhood and the patterns we inherited by our parents? Right. I don't, I can't give you a percentage, but I can tell you that so much of everything in our lives comes from our cultural background, our family background, the things we learned growing up, mm -hmm. that our brain is forming as we're children, we're building synapses. Um, you know, synapses, things that fire together, stay together, mm -hmm. right? So that the more I think about money and treat money in a certain way, the more I believe it to be true. And and the world I live in is the world I believe to be true. I mean, we know that. So large parts of our understandings of money, experience of money, come from those messages we get. And I think for most of us, they're very conflicting messages. Um, you're told to save. Money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. And then you're told to maybe be generous. I know people who have a lot of money who've said they were kind of taught that um, they should feel just a little guilty that they had money. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the message is across, right? Different cultures have different messages. Different socioeconomic groups have different messages. And we, we grow up and they're hidden in mm -hmm. our brain. Mm -hmm. We do not know that we are acting from those messages. We don't know that we're acting from those beliefs. Well, and those messages got in, you know, that the, a child's brain, all yes. the way up until six years old, all those stuff. They don't have really the capacity to reason things. The analytical part of the brain has not been And, really and actually, developed. we now know, just so, you, just so you know, that these frontal lobes actually are completely formed and, and pruned at about 26. Wow. So, so we, we, uh, we have a little brain, and we get all these neurons going, and then at two, the brain prunes. So things that, because it's too compact, there's too much in there. So we yeah. prune the stuff we haven't used. And then we keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And then in our teen years, believe it or not, um, I joke because I, I, love, I love teenagers, but watch your two-year-old. That's exactly who they're going to be, except with a bigger vocabulary in the car keys. When they're a teenager, their brain prunes again. Our brain prunes wow. again. Okay? Wow, and wow, then wow. We, we prune, and then the structure becomes sort of um, set by the, about the time we're 26, a little later in men, a little younger in women, hormonally and probably experience-wise. Mm -hmm. But that, that's about when it, it finally forms. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So teenagers, for example, know the risks. They absolutely know the risks. They have no idea those risks apply to them. <laughs> wow. Well, and, and, and that's how those things, they can get so deeply embedded into absolutely. your... Your unconscious and your subconscious mm -hmm. mind, because yet there's no filter. There's nothing that is right. that they can analyze and see: is this true or is this not true? Is right. somebody telling me something that is valid or not valid? Or, or you know, you be, and so if you're taking in a an idea that money is the root of all evil, 
and that's what you're operating Absolutely. on. Oh my gosh, you're going to see everything. Everybody that, that he must have gotten in the, in a sinister way, or she must have done something in order to get that money. I mean, they're so you always and they're bad people, the, and they're if, bad people, right? If they right. have money, they're bad people. Yeah. Right, and we don't even know those thoughts are necessarily in there, or where they came from. Mm-hmm. But you know, we grow up with messages, and I think. One of the most powerful things sometimes to do is to just go back and hear the messages. Mm-hmm. And, I, and this isn't about blaming your parents in any way, shape, or form, right? But this is what they, they did the best they could from their fears. Oh, yeah. Right? And so. Well, in their environments that they were born, like the Depression. If you grew up absolutely. in the Depression, you're going to have a completely different understanding about That's right. money than if you didn't. That's you right. Yeah. That's right. So what did we learn, and what is still in there, and what's true and what's not true? Wow. You know, I think there was, uh, I think it was Andrew Carnegie who said that, uh, and I think this can apply to money as well. If it starts out as a lie, everything right. else that follows it Absolutely. is a lie. Absolutely. Even if they right. talk in, even if they mix in some truth in there. It's still a that, lie. It's still a lie. It right. started out If you start, I mean, it's a scientific principle. If you start with a, with a bad first assumption, then everything's wrong going from there. If you if you measure incorrectly in the beginning, yeah. then it can't work. Even if everything after that's right, it can't work. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's so fa- it's amazing. It's this is incredible. Uh, but you know, I think a lot of times that people when they when you know we we live in a culture that really talks about you know uh, how hard it is to make money. You know, and mm-hmm. we've got to do all these different things and. You know, I think one of the things that I picked up when I was growing up mm-hmm. uh, was that, you know, life was unfair uh, and that to make money, you had to work your, your butt off. And in my mind, as I got older, I was thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way. Right. And then what I'm telling you, because, you know, if I could figure out a way to do something that I love and do it well and get paid for it right. well, uh, you know, work wouldn't seem like slavery to me. And that's kind of the way it was. Like, I was chained to this and they didn't want to be like this. They had to right. be, you know, free in that way. And so I, for me, I stuck out on a different path, And but I haven't quite found that recipe to freedom yet, that financial freedom. And I know there are many other people out there who are going through the same kind right. of right. struggles and dilemmas and frustrations right. that I have. Uh, Elisa, could you give us some advice or the process that you use? Sure. Just a few things that could help us all of us to unlock that flow of money towards us in different ways, unimaginable ways. So the first thing I want to talk about is the difference between struggle and hard work. Mm -hmm. All right. So for example, um, I, I love having a big dog. I have a very big dog. A big dog takes hard work. It's Mm -hmm. hard. She's hard to train. She's bigger than me. she, she's bigger than me. So she's hard to train. She was she was hard to train. She's getting her places is more difficult. I was at the vet the other day, and the vet looked at her and said, there's, there's just so much of her. So it's hard work, yeah. but it isn't struggle. I love having big dogs, and big dogs are hard work. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I love going sailing. Sailing is hard work. Mm. Okay. So we have to separate struggle from hard work. I don't mind working hard. Yeah. I don't want to struggle. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, if it's something I enjoy and and I'm invested in it, then yeah, it's hard work. But it's okay hard work. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first. 
I start people really, I have, they're kind of four steps. Um, the first is, what is it you truly desire and who are you? What are, mm -hmm. your, what are your values? And so we, I talk about symmetry. How much of your life is in symmetry with what you really crave? Mm. One, step one. Step two, subtraction. And if you're an artist, you will recognize these as sort of a way of creating elegance. It's a, they're design, um, elegant design concepts. What do we need to subtract? Don't worry about adding money. What do we need to subtract from your life because it's not in alignment with your values? Mm, wow, yeah, that makes sense. Right? I, no, mean, that, no, no. I mean, that's the first thing we have to do. <coughs> and that might be attitude. It might be belief systems. It might be ways you spend money. It might be um, things that you think you have to do. I have to go out to lunch with my friends because they won't like me mm -hmm. as opposed to meeting people for a walk. Right. You know, I mean, like, what what can you change? What do we have to subtract? Mm. Subtraction, emptiness allows us to bring in, and and I love the word seduction because that's really what you're doing. You're seducing life into you. Oh wow, I like that. Right? So that's now you cool. now you have an yeah. emptiness, an empty space is seductive. We mm -hmm. walk into empty space. Right. All right. Well, that's a vulnerable place too, that is. right? It's, because it is, you're but taking it's, things away. That's right. It's opening up that void a That's little bit right. inside of you. Right? Which, you know, again, this isn't a step-by-step. -step. This is we're going to end up going back and recognize some of the fears we have. Ah. Wow, when I got rid of my busyness, I had time, and I really wanted time. I thought I needed to work harder to get somebody to do these chores for me so I'd have time. Oh, no, I want time. I could work fewer hours, mm -hmm. not have to pay somebody and have the time, yeah. right? So it, it changes that. And then we move to um, sustainability. And sustainability is about sufficiency. So there's some belief systems. Um, there's tons of people who write on this topic, and mm -hmm. one of the ones I like, the book is called The Soul of Money, and she talks about three beliefs. The belief that there's not enough money, it's a precious resource, there's not enough of it, right? That's number one, which mm -hmm. is not a true belief. Yeah, that's true. Okay? Yeah, that's a lot of... The second belief is that more is better. Right, right. Which is so not true, right? Um, <laughs> right, like, like if, I have a, if I have a house of this size, then a bigger house is better. Well, right. no, it's going to cost you more, and you, you have rooms you'll never even go in. It's not, more is not better. Yeah. Often less is more precious than better. Oh, I love right? that. Less is okay. more precious. That's and, great. and the final one that this is a, just the way life is. This is just it. I can't do better. I'm not good at math. I can't get another degree. I can't get a better job. It's just, it's just, it, life just isn't fair. Well, maybe it's not. But, but fairness isn't what I'm looking for. Mm. I'm looking for, I mean, Joseph Campbell talked about this. He talked about people don't want um, to know the meaning of life. They want a meaningful experience of life. Yes. And he talked about money, and he said it's, it's um, coalesced energy. Mm. So in that mythological framework, it's just, it's just a pocket of energy. What do you want to do with that energy? Mm. It's a very different way of looking at life. So when you talk about money differently, you talk about life differently. Oh, that's so great. And he had, he had uh, an idea of the rapture of life. Absolutely. That's what we're, that's what we're that's after. That's what we're we going for. We want to feel the rapture of life. Right. Yeah. Right. right. That we're in that flow. Yes. Right? Yes, Chicks yes, and yes. Nehais talks about that, the flow of, of life. That, that when you're in the flow, it might be hard work, but you don't know it. 
right. That's right. And so that, I think, is what we're looking for. Money's part of that. Yes. And having a good relationship with money helps That's us right. to be able to have that. Right. And I love how you're able to break it down for us to be able to see that, yeah, it's getting clear on how we feel and what we want. We're right. clear, but it's not, it's, it's a feeling thing. It's a feeling it's like thing. being, you know, having more, you know, uh, socialization, having mm-hmm. people around and mm-hmm. having wonderful experiences mm-hmm. and traveling and having a nice place to call my own place a home or whatever. What, and whatever well, that might be for some yeah. people. One of my um, dearest friends sold her house and bought a little camper. And so she's really tiny housing it. But her goal, her dream, it was to visit places she'd never seen that she could drive to. Wow. So she's now spent two years doing that. Very, very small income. Very small. And joyous. <laughs> Completely right. joyful. It's about it, knowing you. Yeah. Right? Isn't it about right. knowing you and what, what you want? What do I really want? And you know what? More zeros don't necessarily, necessarily get me there. No. And then subtracting. Once you know what you really want, what you, and then yes. pulling that apart what you don't need anymore. That's right. Subtracting those things that, right. are, that are like draining you. And one of the things that, that is a pitfall for many people, and, and so they can get it, they understand this idea of, mm-hmm. of subtracting and sustainability and all that, but right. it is the things like debt and yes. credit cards yes. and bills, and yes. which are like huge energy Absolutely. suckers, and they Absolutely. drain us. They Absolutely. drain us so they we can do. have this vision for ourselves and all of a sudden well every choice that i've made up until this point right has resulted in has resulted debt. in this right. debt right. How, how, how do we how do we get back on track how do we how do we approach this right so my first thing is always the let's go in here right yeah um don't be ashamed don't be ashamed you grew up in a world where i mean we do it if, if you've ever been on a college campus Credit card companies are out there the first day, and um, having students sign up for credit cards. I mean, cre- that's terrible. I'm sorry. It is. I agree. That, that, that's wrong. No, it's you're, wrong. They're vulnerable. So we, so <laughs> we, we sort of yeah. teach people that that debt is just part of life. No. So first, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. I usually ask people if they have a financial advisor. Um, Good, reputable ones can be found at banks or, or credit unions or right, really good, reputable ones that can start talking to you about how much can you and – there, and there's books on, like, how to pay off your debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's how you pay off your debt. The um, smallest one first, take that much money, add it to the second one, blah, blah, blah. They're, often companies are willing to talk to us about – lower payments so that we can get their co I mean there's tons of ways to do it mm-hmm. but I think the first piece is don't be embarrassed yeah. don't be embarrassed right? you got there okay you probably do have some things to show for it especially if it's student debt yeah you have a college degree you have information you have knowledge you know you can learn that's precious yeah. people can't take that from you so sure. okay and sure. then and then I when I was deep in debt somebody said to me you know they don't have debtors' prisons anymore. <laughs> That's true. They don't. Like, <laughs> wow! That. Look That's at that! Right. I, like, no one's going to come to my door. Like, Nobody's going to put me in prison because I got debt. Wait, right? yeah. Okay, it's a problem. <laughs> but right now, I'm warm and safe and dry. And this is something that I'm going to not be shameful about. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with somebody, and I'm going to get through it. 
Is, is it important to create, you know, one of the lessons I think we need to learn is that, you know, as and when that's one of the reasons for mm -hmm. the, the show is we've got to respect money. Absolutely. You've got to change the relationship with money. Mm -hmm. you got to see what money mm -hmm. gives you in a healthy way and right. not to have this negative association right. with it. I think it's such right. an important thing. Absolutely. And that's one of the lessons to get. That's I one also of the lessons. Is it important to create a budget? Is it important to make a recovery plan? To start saving some money as well. Right. I think it depends on the person, mm -hmm. right? So I, um, some people work really well with a budget. Some people, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. They just can't do it. But they have a sense of where, if you know where your money goes, then you at least know this much is, I about this much in food. I have about this much over here. And this is splurge money, mm -hmm. right? Because we've got to indulge that. You've got to indulge that part. If we run out of money. well, yeah. we run out of willpower. Right. There's research on this too that by the end of the day, you've you've used your willpower, and now you're at the end of the day, you have none left. You've used it up. Right. So we know over time you can get sort of um, oh, think of it as savings fatigue. That I've been saving, and I really would like to just go buy myself something. Right. So if we can plan for those splurges we do better, mm. all right? So that's one piece. So for, for many people, a budget works. If not a budget, at least track your expenses. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, there's great, pro great inexpensive ways to do that. Um, you don't want to add money to, to do that, right? But mm -hmm. do you track what you spend? Do you see what you spend? And, and then uh, what does that tell you? Um, again, I have a very large dog. Mm -hmm. I, have, I sometimes have a very big vet bill. It's something I need to be aware of. Yeah. Just now it's a choice. Right. Do I do that or do I not do right. that? And being able to have those kind of clear choices and having thought that through. Right. And I think it's, you know, and if you're not allowing yourself to enjoy your life, too. If you, you Absolutely. Know, if, you're, if you're coming back all of a sudden and you're just like, I'm going to live this ascetic life and I'm going to save all these things and I'm going to do that. It's not going to, you're... No, you're alive in the moment. You have right. to have a balanced life. You've got to get that rapture. Absolutely. The rapture that we're Absolutely. talking about. Right? And I think that one of the gifts is we realize that we don't buy that. Right. You don't buy rapture. You don't buy rapture. You cannot buy rapture. And there are so many ways to just have a wonderful time without money. It's yes. absolutely incredible. And sometimes that's a, that's a, one of the gifts of being in debt or having these things. Absolutely. because you have to look for those those. Think Absolutely. Things in life I mean, think about yeah. where we, we are so gifted and blessed where we live. Yeah. Right? Summertime, it doesn't take much to go hiking. It takes very little money to go outside and be in nature. Mm -hmm. it, there are so many amazing ways to, to have a lovely, lovely life mm -hmm. and save money and reserve that bit of splurge. And the splurge might be something big. Mm -hmm. might be that, so I, I took an adventure vacation last summer was completely paid for by the time I left on the vacation, mm -hmm. except for, you know, maybe some meals and whatever while I was there, but I had the money in the bank. So it was easy to save that year. I went with a girlfriend. We were saving buddies. We, we talked about how much we had to put away and all we, and oh my God, what are we going to wear on the, and it was a hiking adventure. Yeah. And it was somewhere I'd never even heard of. It, it was amazing. And, <laughs> and oh my God, look what we're going to do. And what we're going to, oh, this is amazing. This is incredible. And, and, the saving of the money was a gift because it was it was leading up to the excitement of this big adventure. Yeah, yeah. And then we did it, yeah. and there was no guilt about the money because we we paid it. Right, 
And I think that that's and that helps to breathe, heal that relationship with me. Absolutely. Because you don't feel guilty for having said it. I think anytime we associate any kind of guilt or shame associated with mm-hmm. something, it makes us feel bad. It makes us feel bad, and it keeps us from having that energy that is allows it to move freely. It, and our life. there's a really good chance we're going to splurge more. Oh, if you wow. feel guilty, I mean, think about this when if somebody goes on a diet, right? Yeah. They eat something that wasn't on the diet. Yeah. Well, I already blew it. I might as well blow it more. <laughs> so we do the same thing with my, I already blew my budget. I'll just blow it more. As opposed to, so the first, again, it's that guilt, it's that shame, it's that fear we have around money. What if somebody says, you know, they guilt you for being greedy? Oh, you're just being so greedy, and don't you recognize, you know, that uh, all these is other people? Is that true? Huh? I mean, you, yeah, I mean, the first thing I say to people, because I've, I've had clients. Yeah. So is that true? No. Do you, not, do, you, you feel, yeah. do you donate? Yes, I do. Yeah. So clearly you're not greedy. I <laughs> love it. Love right? it, love it. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're coming. we got just a few minutes left. Oh, my I'm, gosh, that's amazing. I want to make sure, uh, first, you, uh, you have a, you're into Jewish mysticism, yes? I am. I love it. I mean, I, I, I love knowing these different mm-hmm. mystical traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how'd you get into the Jewish mysticism, and, and do you use this to help people with their right. issues with money? So um, I put myself through my last, my PhD as a professional astrologer. And Jewish and astrology and Kabbalah are, are linked together. Tarot cards and Kabbalah mm-hmm. are linked together. And I then when I worked on that other masters, I really wanted to dig in. To what is what is this stuff, right? Um, and I will I definitely use astrology with clients. In mm-hmm. fact, sometimes that's our first meeting. Let me figure out what your soul is craving. Mm-hmm. That'll help us with what it, are you in alignment with what you came here to do? Mm-hmm. Let's make it a bit of a spiritual journey. So I will use that. The, the Kabbalist view of money is fascinating because people always say, they're always citing scriptures to me. I'm like, yeah, those, those aren't your scriptures. Um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with money right. in, Jewish, in, in Jewish mysticism. It's energy. Yeah. And, you, you, and, and, and there's a sense of luck. Right now, I'm lucky. I have it. Yeah. I have an obligation to share it. Wow. So the Jewish word tzedakah, which is usually translated as charity, actually means justice. Oh. Wow. I have it. I, I am. I, it is only just to share. At wow. some point, I may not have. Yeah. And the world will be just. My community will be just. That's share amazing. With me. That's a very different view of money. A totally different right? view. Right? And so you want people to have money in your community because it keeps the whole community going. Yeah. We don't realize $10, you know, somebody gets a $10 That's right. bill for this and then it pay, pays $10 to That's this right. person and they take that money and they get to go buy groceries and that person gets to That's go right. buy. And so that $10 was $50 That's right. in the movement and the whole That's right. community. Yeah. So I use astrology. It depends what somebody's open to. I mm-hmm. love using astrology. And I think the Jewish mystical tradition just comes out of my mouth without me realizing <laughs> it, just because it does. Uh, is there a... You know, when you when you combine the the mysticism part of it out there, do people are they open to it usually, yeah. or are they? Yeah, yeah I have yeah. found that uh, people are very open to astrology. Yeah. they're very open to conversations. I my I, I you know I've taught for years, been an academic dean, I'm a full professor. I, I was until just a little bit ago. Um, I re- learned that whatever I was teaching, students really wanted to know what is what am I supposed to do? Yeah. What's my life about? Yeah. What's my meaning? Yeah. It didn't matter what I was teaching. 
that's what they wanted. I think that's what, what people want. Or, you know, people who grew up before World War II didn't mm -hmm. have these kinds of questions. Absolutely. You know, there was just a, something no. has changed. Right. On you just did what your family did. And you it. had these are the opportunities you had, and that's what you did. Right. Yeah. And now they're asking, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Right. And they're, offering, they're asking at 25. Yeah. And these are mystical questions they are. about life. Absolutely. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to have you back on the show. <gass> we'll have to do that. It'll be so fun. That's going to be so great. I want to let everybody know about your show. Please talk, talk I, about your I show. am so excited. Yeah. I, can't, I, don't, I can't contain myself. Um, I'm going to have a show Thursday mornings at 11. The first show is December 26th. We are going to mm -hmm. talk about options other than New Year's resolutions. <laughs> um, New Year's resolutions often find people taking on guilt. Right? Uh -huh. They resolve to do something they don't want to do, and they're not quite willing to do. And then they punish themselves. So that's going to be my first show. And then I'll be every other Thursday starting in January. Oh, and so I'm, I'm so excited. Oh my my tagline is um, inspiring a renaissance of spirit. And oh. I think that's my life goal, is to inspire a renaissance of spirit in the people around me and the people who listen to me and interact with me. Oh my God, that's brilliant! Oh, that is beautiful. I am so excited. Oh I can't I'm so excited for that. You're such a. I, I can already sense that it, 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 your energy and what you're offering here is just uh, KUHS is going to be. We're going to catapult to I, another I'm, level. I, over I, I here. can't wait. I'm just. I feel honestly. I feel blessed. I feel so yeah. blessed to have this opportunity. Oh well, we're blessed to have you. This, this is great. We're definitely <laughs> very blessed to have you. Um, Elisa, I always ask just before we close out the show. Mm -hmm. All of my guests, run real quick question, um, just to kind of close it out. If you could give one bit of advice, one bit of wisdom from mm -hmm. your life experience, what would it be? Um, I have to quote uh, or misquote Viktor Frankl, oh, yeah. who said that, and it'll be a misquote, that we always have a choice of how we respond to a situation. We always have choice. I may not have choice about what's happening around me, but I have choice in here about what I believe, how I respond, how I treat people, the decisions that I have choice. And I think that that's powerful to recognize that regardless of the situation, we have choice. And, and if you're thinking this was some guy who wrote a book that didn't actually have a hard life, <laughs> he, came th he survived three concentration camps in the Holocaust, um, in the Shoah. And he wrote that. Yeah, it's oh, amazing. That it's book amazing. was life-changing oh for me. Man's God. Search for oh, Meaning. I just love Victor yeah. Frankl. And for him to come out with that kind of grounded wisdom, I mean, right. like, and having had to face that concentration camp and those, de those death camps and everything, and to be able to come out with that. I have choice inside. I have choice inside. I have choice inside. You, they can't take this away. Right. They, nobody right. can take right. that away and from And maybe you. that's when, yeah. maybe, and, and, and they had he said that's that. when people would die. Was when they, when lost, they that. lost that. Yeah. That's when they would die. Oh. Thank you. This has Lisa, been great. This has, this been, has been, been so, so fun. This has been so, so great. Yeah, this has been fun for us. I hope it's been great for you, whoever. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been tuning in. And, uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in today to the council. We, um, we are being broadcast from here on KUHS, uh, right here in Denver, Colorado, all across the nation and all across the world. We are 
being listened to by f over 40, 50 different countries, and it continues to grow. I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in and taking time out of your days to, to spend it with us. And, um, you know, really, it's an honor and a privilege to be your host. Uh, we will be back on next week for one last show for 2019. Uh, our guest is going to be a guy named Ryan Milkerick. I have to get that last name back. Uh, but he is uh, executive director of Veteran Rights. And so we're going to talk about Veteran Rights next week. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the council. Uh, the council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. And may you all be whole. God bless, folks. We'll see you very soon.